Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Tonga move a step closer to a permanent spot on the men's World 7 Series. Tonga and Papua New Guinea get another shot at qualifying for the Women's Rugby World Cup and the Oceania Champions League football competition heats up. But first, Irone Leilua will become the first sailor to represent Samoa at the Olympic Games. The New Zealand-based Leilua from Vaivasa Uta in Upolu sealed his qualification for Tokyo at the World Champs in Melbourne earlier this month. The 26-year-old says it's a surreal feeling to achieve such a milestone, but told Talay Anderson the cost of participation is preventing more Pacific sailors from pursuing the sport. I haven't had the chance to really sit back and reflect on what's happening and what's yet to come over the next five months, but you know, it's obviously been a dream for a long time now and to kind of have it finally be achieved, is, yeah, it's been pretty surreal. You are the first person to be representing Samoa in the sport of sailing this year. So what what does that mean to you, to be that first person to represent the Pacific Nation? Really humbled and honoured to be in that position. Um, I also hope that not, I'm not the last. Um, I want to make sure that uh, the up-and-coming sailors in Samoa and around the Pacific understand that there is um, opportunity to pursue the sport further and that... Um, as, as difficult as it may seem, if you put you know if you put the hard work in and and do everything you need to do, um, the results will come and, and obviously yeah various events will become available. You sailed against the best sailors in the world, and how was that event? And what have you taken away from that? Or what did you learn from those uh, from the World Laser Championships? Yeah, the World Championships were were really tough. Um, it was a good eye opener to see um, where the world the top top in the world are. Um, and I think I've learned. Oh, I learned a lot in regards to um, the levels at which I need to be at for the Olympics. I gradually got better as the as the regatta went on, but I've still got a lot of work to do. And but it's, uh, yeah, I did take a lot of positives away um, in terms of what I need to work on, and also some um, handy contacts which I will be in contact with over the next few months to help with my campaign. And now that you're back uh, back from the World Champs and. Are you back into training, or are you, have you already started preparing for the Olympics, or are you just taking maybe a week off to rest? I think I've taken a week off um, to rest and also to um, plan my preparations for, for my campaign um, around training schedules um, and training camps, which I need to attend, as well as um, funding. Funding was probably the, the biggest thing I needed to um, carry out this week in terms of preparations, uh, as the campaign is shaping up to be quite a costly exercise. And so I've just um, try to work out what, what costs I need to cover and, and where, where I can get that funding from. How much does a campaign like this cost for you? It's looking roughly to be around thirty-five to 40000 New Zealand dollars. I was actually going to say too, with the money being an issue, do you think that's kind of holding some kids or some families back from um, giving, a, giving the sport a go? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely been the biggest obstacle. Um, and especially from Pacific Island background, 
I mean, money's money's difficult as it is, but to get into a sport like sailing is yeah, it's pretty tough. Um, I was just just fortunate enough to have the right doors open, but um, for a majority of other kids, um, if you're going to start off sailing, yeah, it's a it's a tough gig. I just want to make sure that I'm not the last sailor and make make sure that everyone who's aspiring, not just sailing, but in, in general with sports, to, um, just to pursue your goals. And if if money is an issue, um, don't let that stop you from training hard because the money will come eventually. Um, it's, yeah, it's just a matter of getting the results and achieving those smaller goals. That's Samoan sailor Ironi Lailua speaking with Talai Anderson. Tonga Sevens coach Tavita Tuifua believes his team is capable of winning a permanent place on the Men's World Series, provided they are given the resources to perform to their best. The Kingdom finished in sixth place in the Sevens Challenger Series held over the past fortnight to secure their spot in the final World Series qualifier later this year. Tavita Tuifua says he was particularly proud of the way his players performed in the final round in Montevideo, considering they only had 11 fit players across the weekend. Firstly, I'll be in target just to take uh, uh, Portugal, which is the, uh, a threat in our pool. So by knowing that, that we have them uh, faced up, we, we prepare really well for the week. And that was our only target for all our energy just to get Portugal uh, out of the way. And then we'll give us a, a hit on our pool and heading into the quarterfinals. So the winner can't um, chill at the end. It's a big bonus for us, so... And so you finished the weekend in uh, seventh place, I think it was, obviously losing to Uruguay uh, and then your final match-up as well. How do you reflect on this tournament and, and, and where do you see yourselves in relation to the other seven teams that you'll ultimately come up against in that World Series qualifier in Hong Kong? Yeah, well, I mean, there are a lot of things that I'm looking at improving and, and hoping that we'll be able to get the resources and, and the funding that we we do require to for, for this tournament, and, and looking for all the teams that we have above us, they have a full staff of I would say six staff and then fourteen in the squads, which is including Uruguay, Chile, and Germany, Hong Kong, and Japan. Uh, all these teams they have, uh, they they carry those uh, the full staff with video analyst and uh, and a medical and SNC as well. Uh, but for us, it's only three, so that's the first challenge that you know, I have to put forward that, uh, for the funding applications. And and, and it will uh, also, for having having that extra tool, uh, will we'll cover um, us as well. For, for, I mean, for this weekend, we only have 11 right through uh, from day one and uh, uh, both days. So I'm, I'm quite, quite happy we, we, we managed to play with 11 then still be able to maintain and our position really even we just dropped down but I mean still being able to to secure our place on top eight. Overall across the two weeks uh, Japan finished I think uh, on top having obviously beaten Uruguay in extra time in the cup final uh, this morning. Mm. Um, Hong Kong close by, Germany obviously won the first tournament and yeah. un- unless you correct me Chile, Uruguay, Uganda and Zimbabwe will be the other teams to join you in October in the uh, World Series qualifier. Um, ha- how do you size yourself up against those teams? You talked about the resources, but um, do, you be- do you believe that Tonga is capable of pushing those teams? 
Yes, I, I, I have no doubt that we, we, we are capable if we would, uh, if we manage to, um, to pull, uh, to have the, the preparation that I, uh, I always wanted that we have, uh, uh, right from, uh, the beginning of our preparation. I, I, I believe those, those, those teams are, are beatable uh, for us on the day that we, we need to be smart as well. So I think, um, we will we'll have a good chance on that day. I mean, we beat Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, and Germany is uh, the other one. In Japan, we have played them before, and we beat them. This is our first time for Chile for a very long time, and even the Uruguay. So, um, there's a bit of a, a confidence in the background, but like I said, we have the uh, the resources that we, we require for preparation, and I think they'll does the delay of the Hong Kong Sevens, do you think that helps your preparation or, uh, or, or does that hinder it? Well, it could be both uh, because we had a plan that we have New Zealand coming up, uh, putting a, a tournament for uh, which we uh, take uh, part of uh, by the end of next month, which we're we looking to uh, as a build up for, for April. Uh, however, we have to do something between now and then uh, to be able to, to have some tournaments along the way. It's not going to be easy, but yeah, it's going to be a, a lot of work to be done and and hopefully we'll have something will give us an opportunity to, to, to pull some some players, yeah, some more players to the program. That's the Tonga Sevens coach, Tevita Tuifua. Papua New Guinea and Tonga will put their Rugby World Cup hopes back on the line in this weekend's Oceania Women's Repercharge qualifier. Tonga withdrew from the Oceania Championship three months ago after the team was quarantined for measles, but were thrown a lifeline after World Rugby agreed to a revised qualification process. Fiji have already secured their spot after beating Samoa in the Oceania qualifying final, with the winner of this weekend's match in Port Moresby to play off against the Manusina in April for a spot in the final World Cup Repercharge tournament. P&G coach John Pankatana told Tale Anderson the Kasawaris learnt a lot from the Oceania champs, despite three heavy defeats. From the tournament in the PG, we gained uh, a lot of insight, and, and um, I think in terms of our process, and learned a few things from watching the, uh, especially the New Zealand team. I did very well, so we uh, just actually enhanced our uh, training program and... Uh, Yes, so we are, we're looking forward to this match against Tonga and um, hopefully we can uh, put up a better show. I know you announced a 23-member uh, squad with three shadow players last week. Is it a new-look team or a majority of the same uh, squad players that played last year? Let's say 90% from the team that we took to Fiji. Uh, we brought in uh, three players, one from overseas, one from Canada, based in Canada, one in, based in Darwin, Australia, just from the overseas content and... Uh, uh, one or two from the other provinces and in Pingi itself. So, yeah, we've got about five or six new players compared to the group that we took to Fiji last year. And in terms of preparation, how's the squad looking? How are you feeling coming into the match? Well, you know, it's it's, it's always a tough thing. We haven't, we haven't yet won a match on the, on the, uh, amongst the, our, our, our peer countries in the Pacific as yet. So we're, we're always looking to go a step further and uh, we're always looking positive. So, yes, we've got, we've got to think positive about this and... Uh, Hopefully we can get up, uh, notch up our first win. You didn't get to play Tonga due to them being forced to withdraw due to the measles concerns. So what do you expect to see from them this weekend? Well, I guess they'll be more 
they will, they will be more determined after not playing in Tonga in, in, in November, December. And uh, they've had a long, long break in between. So I'm sure they, uh, they come, they hate, they hate, they hate to do a job. And uh, they did a good job on us the last time. And, and I'm sure they, they'd be all determined to do, do the job as well against us this time. So, so yes, we're, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one for us. But uh, we're we're trying to leave small hurdles as, as we go along, and uh, we hopefully we can use this, we can uh, you know do these hurdles at the same time. And is that spot at the 2021 Rugby World Cup is that in the back of the team's mind? Obviously, it's always at the back of the at the team's mind that we we go we got to take little steps as we go forward. Um, uh, it, it's a big ask for us to think of about the World Cup, but uh, we can do the little things right. Uh, definitely after we get a positive one this weekend. Definitely, I think the picture will be more clear for this weekend. That's the Papua New Guinea women's rugby coach, John Pangatana. The first four quarter-finalists have been found in the OFC Champions League football competition. Debutants Eastern Suburbs thrashed defending Oceania champs Iongen Sport 4-0 to top the standings in Group A in Port Moresby and were joined in the knockout rounds by fellow newcomers Galaxy FC from Vanuatu who advanced on goal difference despite a final round defeat by Hakadi United. Malampa Revivers stunned P&G champions Lay City 3-0 to finish top of Group B in Luganville, with Henderson Eels from Solomon Islands scoring a stoppage time winner against La Torca FC to progress as the group runners-up. The final two groups get underway in New Caledonia and Tahiti this weekend, with last season's runners-up AS Magenta and nine times winners Auckland City among the eight clubs competing for the final four playoff berths. Meanwhile, former Solomon Warriors coach Moses Tawata has stepped in to assist his former side after Henry Fa'arodo's sudden departure to New Zealand. Uh, yeah, I'm going uh, on the, the request of Solomon Warriors to assist them with the, the coaching staff. Okay, uh, but... because you might already know that the, the, the head coach Henry Fa'arodo has left for New Zealand uh, on the eve of the competition. This is for me not a, a really good situation to be in. That was unexpected that he was going to leave so suddenly? Ideally, no. He should have given enough time so that uh, the club can look for a replacement or so, a substitute. Yeah, so, so you, you will be filling the, in the coaching duties he over kept, there? He kept working with the team until he left, uh, until uh, the end of last week. I guess the first question then, Moses, would be um, in light of Henry's departure, uh, how much of an impact do you think that could have on uh, the team's preparation uh, to be ready for this weekend? You know, I believe it's going to impact the team in a very big way because, you know, losing your head coach is not not an easy thing. And, you know, I told the boys that I only come here to assist you guys and don't expect any miracles to happen, so... It's up to them if they want to to win. Obviously, Henry, how long had he been with the team? Uh, one season. Uh, after I left, he took over. Okay, and then when, when did you know that he was going to head to New Zealand so soon? When, I, I presume you expected up until not long ago that he would take the team over to you know, the competition, the O-League. We, we had that uh, he, he was leaving. But I actually pressured him to, to stay with the team because it's good for his uh, profile. So I really wanted him to stay with the team and it would be nice if he if he lived for New Zealand at the end of the UFC Champions League competition, but he decided otherwise. And I suppose uh, as a coach but also as a player to lose someone like Henry uh, at this stage uh, uh, damaging on two levels. Oh, yes. 
big time. I think I think the boys uh, have felt uh, the, the space in there because he you know he worked with them to the to the year and they were quite successful uh, and they were the champions. Indeed. And so, Moses, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, you obviously were in charge uh, prior to Henry. So does your knowledge of uh, the Solomon Warriors team and obviously your relationship with them, do you think that helps? So at least it's not like it's somebody that doesn't understand the club coming in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable uh, working with them now, uh, especially helping the coach, the assistant coach to, to set up practice. And the boys are quite comfortable seeing me again. <laughs> they all smile and now they just have fun with me the other day at practice. But I, I think if there's anyone who will will do the best job for the team, I think uh, I might be, I might be the one because of my time with them, because of my experience with them. And I've known the boys for, for quite a while since 2012. What what sort of chance do you give Solomon Warriors of progressing through to the knockout stage? Uh, um, you know, if you look at the team, that the group that you're in, you've obviously got um, Magenta who made it through to the final of the O-League last year. They're always Te Are Tahiti. You know, the French Polynesian teams are always very strong. Uh, and I suppose people would certainly expect you uh, to be uh, winning the game against Tupapa Marairenga. But um, do, do you see yourselves as strong contenders for one of those quarterfinal spots? Yes, I'm very positive. I'm very positive, to be honest. Uh, and I really want them to do to do well. I believe they can do it because no, they they are a good team. They are they have a, a good combination. Uh, but you know, uh, the only thing I'm quite uh, critical about at this moment is the, the striking force. Uh, we have uh, Tony Kaltak who who left Vanuatu and he only joined us today to to go to Nicaragua. That's the Solomon Islands technical director Moses Tomata, who is working with Solomon Warriors in the OFC Champions League. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. You can hear this and more on rnzi.com.